Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper. Another post-game recap here after the Clippers have just fallen to the Portland Trailblazers and have lost their second game in a row. Four out of five to start the season. But before we get into all that, make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So let's get right into it. The Clippers looking to bounce back off of a miserable loss against the Cavaliers. I was at the game. Check out the vlog. It's up on the channel. It's short and good. And we were pouring that game. I thought our biggest problem was our offense. We only scored 79 points. We were in a lot of ISO balls, stagnant, no movement off the ball, which we were so accustomed to seeing last season. No ball movement, very stagnant. Obviously, the refs have been calling the game a lot more early 2010s, even at times in certain games, 2000s, and that has prevented perimeter players from abusing the rules the same way they used to and also just being able to get to the rack as usual because, as I said, it is the NBA getting better and better, which is making me look really good right now. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Um, about perimeter players and when you don't put hands on them, how – or when you put hands on them, how much harder it is for them. We saw it the other night with PG and Larry Markkinen and how it's been affecting a lot of players around the league. Well, tonight, I really like the way that we came out, actually, in that first quarter. I thought that we moved the. We did a good job of actually attacking, and that's what happened. It was Reggie, it was Paul George, it was Bledsoe a little bit, and even Terrence Mann in that first quarter, we got inside drew secondary defenders and helped defense and kicked it out made extra passes to get open threes reggie jackson made two to start paul george made three to start and i thought that that set a good tone even eric bledsoe made one but the problem is and i was thinking to myself man maybe this is the game that all of our threes start to fall one thing i also thought was good in the first quarter was we kept blitzing dame in the pick and rolls as we always do and we had a good rotation every time when Nurkic would dive to the middle of the basket on the roll. Reggie Jackson especially actually did a very good job deflecting the ball or just getting his body in the way of Nurkic and doing a good job for us defensively on that front. We were up 20-9. to That was the biggest lead that we were going to see all night because when Paul George went to the bench, you know, our offense has really looked pathetic, really, to put it quite frankly, uh, this season. Reggie Jackson, you know, we really, t I didn't do a Clipper preview, but if I had done a Clipper preview, I would have told you guys that Reggie Jackson needs to be Reggie Jackson that we saw last season after we traded Lou Williams away, and as we saw in the playoffs, of course. Now, obviously, I don't expect his efficiency to be as good as the playoffs, but more or less like the Reggie Jackson we saw after the Lou trade, more catch-and-shoot Reggie, less off-the-dribble thinking he's better than he is Reggie. Once he's making the catch and shoot, maybe he can take those kind of bailout shots that we've become accustomed to calling Reggie shots. Problem is, with Reggie shots don't go in, they look pretty stupid. 
and right now he has struggled to find his shot this season. He's missing con- he's missing his open shots, but here's the thing. I know his open shots eventually will go in. I know shooters will have a slump, but my problem right now is Reggie is reverting back to the IQ that we had seen from him before he became the Reggie Jackson that became a Clipper legend and did what he did in the postseason and did all that. You know what I'm saying? His shot selection tonight was appalling. I think that he's taking way too many off-the-dribble threes, which he initially, he initially, as all you guys know by watching my videos, he became famous and beloved by Clipper fans for being catch-and-shoot Reggie because he used to have a habit of doing too much. And he has been doing too much. And in my opinion, I think he can diversify his shot selection. He's taken a lot of contested threes, a lot of step backs, and he's pretty stagnant off the ball. He just kind of stands around camps on the perimeter and dribbles a lot and wastes a lot of time off the shot clock frequently. And I don't really like that. I like it when Reggie likes to attack. I like it when Reggie's running pick and rolls 18 feet away. So when they go under the screen, he can pull up for that 18-footer, not that 25-footer. You know, we've seen that 18-footer go in for him a lot last season. If you recall, I think it was last season. He hit that game winner against Detroit in Detroit. It was because I remember him and Kennard were celebrating after the game. 18-footer just pull up. I think that he's really been pulling way too many threes. And I think that Reggie Jackson was a bona fide shot maker last playoffs last season. Getting into the lane, making floaters, getting to the rim. Obviously, they're calling the game a little bit you know, more loosely, less fouls, more hand check being allowed. So Reggie Jackson won't be able to get to the paint as frequently. But... That floater, the ability to try and get it and attract some attention, and then that 18-footer, I think he needs to try to go to more. He's way too reliant on his three, and when it's not going in, just kicking more contested threes is the stupidest way to play, in my opinion. It's shooting yourself out of the game and making your confidence just go down more. I can tell you from experience, I played in games where I just kept shooting threes because I was like, you know what, I just just need one. Well, you know what I needed to do? Maybe go a little bit closer, see a shot go in, maybe get to the foul line to see a shot go in, and then things will open up. Basketball 101. But you know what I started doing? Watching too much modern NBA and started falling in love with that three ball. Bad for my individual game. This just translates to the youth in and rural level for any hoopers watching this. Don't fall too in love with that three ball and looking like these dudes, man. The IQ is poor. And in this, you know, the Blazers did a good job of coming back in that first quarter, but I think it's because when Paul George was out, we just had no offense. You know what I'm saying? Terrence Mann, we didn't run really any pick and rolls for him like that. And here's the thing about our offense that I noticed, guys. Isaiah Hartenstein and Ivica Zubats are both traditional rim rolling centers, but they're not throw it to the throw it to the post, go get me a bucket reliable centers, right? So when we run pick and rolls with those two, most teams are just going to hedge and recover, which is my favorite com- uh, way to combat the pick and roll. Uh, in today's NBA, though, with the floor spread, it's easy to make one pass and try to swing the ball before the whole defense can rotate. But I think it's the more safe bet than just switching bad matchups onto each other, like I think a lot of teams do when they don't really have the personnel to always switch. For example, you know, Reggie was running a you know, high pick and roll with Hartenstein. Nurkic comes and obviously cuts off Reggie's potential drive or pull up. And a guy rotates for Hartenstein and Reggie. One thing I, I really noticed about him tonight is on those pick and rolls, I think Reggie holds the ball 
not too long when he stops his dribble prematurely. He doesn't try to turn the corner enough and try to get to that elbow, which, you know, like guys like Chris Paul live off of, or try to turn the corner and get to the rack. I think that he stops his dribble too early, and I think he needs to do a better job of keeping that dribble alive. And I think that because teams are not worried about Terrence Mann, teams are not worried about Amir Coffey right now from deep. You know, Coffey made one or two jumpers tonight. I think he only made one three. And Terrence still continues to struggle from deep. You know, one of three from Terrence from three, one of four from Coffey. So overall, one of seven. Defense is living with that. The only person that's really scaring teams on the perimeter in terms of catch and suit situations when Reggie has the ball and Paul George is out of the game is Luke Kennard. And Luke Kennard is, was, was off in the first half. So that was part of the reason why the Blazers were able to get back in that game at the end of the first quarter. And in the second quarter, bad basketball being played by both teams. Awful. And I think the Blazers honestly should have been up like 15 points when we were, again, without Paul George in that lineup, playing so shitty. Just not able to score. I think that it wasn't as stagnant as the other night against Cleveland. I think we were trying a little bit more off-ball actions. I think we were getting better looks that just weren't falling. But I also think that Reggie Jackson, we, I expected him to be the second leading scorer of this team, able to score 18 to 20 points a night. And right now it's looking far from that. Right now that's looking like an, a foolish expectation that I had. And if we don't get that, we're going to be struggling for a play-in spot. Like, we're going to be real here. Because then Paul will have no reliable secondary guy. I thought Reggie would be able to be that guy. And I also thought more of Terrence. And I don't think we went to him to try to do anything pick-and-roll-wise or get him going as a ball handler at all, which I want to see more going forward because we really don't have many other options at this point. Kennard, obviously, I want to see more pick-and-rolls too, but the thing is, right now, Ivica Zubats is not giving us anything in terms of finishing on those rolls. He is not... If I'm a guy handling the ball right now, I don't know how comfortable I am throwing lobs to Zubats if it's not a perfect pass or a tight bounce pass that you may have to put a little more oomph and whip on that thing and put some pace on the pass because his hands have proven to be unreliable. He's missing dunks and chippies around the rim. He's not finishing through contact. So I'm very concerned about Zoo. And I saw a tweet tonight that I actually really agree with. He may have peaked in his role as an NBA player. And that kind of concerns me because I really don't know if Zoo, you know, I, I think that Zoo could be a championship center with Kawhi, but I really don't know if without Paul, without Kawhi and this team that we have right now, Zoo will be able to be good enough to help us get in the playoffs. May have to be a playing spot. That top six looks out of reach with the way he's playing, unless we get Reggie Jackson going back to 18 points a game or something of that, of that nature. I also want to say this. You know, by the way, so what I was saying about the Blazers is that they're playing terrible basketball because they just keep shooting contested jumpers. Anthony Simon, CJ McCollum. Like, it's just all jumpers, contested jumpers. And, when, and right now, I think a lot of players' skill sets are being exposed. I think everybody wants to talk about Oh, these players are the most skilled. All this shit. It's all face-up game. When guys are being allowed to use more contact, they look it looks stupid. Like they're just contested jumpers after contested jumper. There's no inside-outside game. It's all outside. It's ridiculous. It exposes the lack of back-to-basket skill and big man skill in this league. And Yusuf Nurkic actually has decent skill, but again, like Zoo to me, he's just inconsistent and doesn't have a really I don't know. The way he approaches games, he plays he plays with a mentality that he's worse than he actually is. And I think that, I think it was bad basketball on both sides. 
Eric Bledsoe. Man, I love Eric, and I have more patience with him than a lot of other Clipper fans because a lot of Clipper fans, let's be real, may not have even been fans when Eric Bledsoe was on the Clippers last. But he was awful after the first quarter. He was terrible in the second quarter because he got two jumpers where the defense went under the screen in the first quarter from around 18 feet. Missed them both. Good shots. I liked him trying to do it to keep the defense honest because he can make it from 18 sometimes. Missed them both. He did make a three, which gave him a little too much confidence. And ladies and gentlemen, that would be the last shot he made and the only shot he made all night long. I thought that he was poor because he took other terrible threes in the second quarter. And, you know, I even thought there was a chance, like, late in that first quarter. And this is what I mean by the timeliness of our shot. So, right now, I think the collective basketball IQ of our backcourt starting is piss poor. Reggie Jackson has reverted to a three-point chucker instead of a bucket getter from all over the court, which he was becoming, obviously, primarily from three. But at the same time, more catch and shoot. Not this many contested threes. You know, a lot more trying to get downhill a little bit and get to a floater and get to 18 feet. He's not doing that. He's going back to some really bad shots. Eric Bledsoe, we already know what his IQ is on. That's why I was hoping that he would go back to being a bench player. But Ty Lewis started him. I don't like that. I think we need to go back to PG at the two, start Terrence Mann, and maybe that'll give Terrence the confidence offensively that he needs. I think that if we put Kennard in the starting lineup, I think that we'd kill our bench. But I think Eric could be good off the bench. I just think that that starting lineup, our IQs are too low. Eric's not a great off-ball threat. And and I don't like Eric being the primary ball handler of a starting lineup against starter-level players. I think against second-unit-level players, I think Eric's skills and on-ball ability to get downhill will help. But I also think we do have... When Zoo and Hartenstein are out there, it's a big that's around the rim. So oftentimes when you get to the rim, you're going to be seeing another guy. You're not seeing two guys like in the traditional power forward, real pack to paint days, but you are seeing a secondary defender when you get there, which makes every finish tougher. And which makes the mid-range game and ability to stop on a dime that much more valuable. And that's why Paul George was putting on an absolute clinic tonight. Because he's the only player on our team that can hit contested mid-ranges with consistency. Kennard is the only other player, and obviously Marcus Morris Sr. and Kawhi, that can do that. And PG was just putting on a clinic, man. Some of the moves. And finally, he was getting a whistle tonight. Except for Robert Covington, who was allowed to hand-check him like he was Nate McMillan tonight. Every step of the way. It was really annoying. But overall, I can't complain about Paul George's fouls tonight because they actually were being nice. And every time he was actually getting slapped on the wrist, they were calling it for the most part. But Paul was fantastic, man. Putting on a clinic, full bag. Every time he got Damian Lillard on him, it was lunch meat. Absolute food. One dribble pull-ups, post fades. It was great. It was just beautiful to watch. And, you know, at the same time, Clipper fans, let's be real and let's not be spoiled. We knew this season was going to be tough. Maybe we don't even make the plan this year. Maybe we don't. And maybe that, and that's very disappointing. Um, but at the same time, our franchise has been in much worse places. Uh, next season, we'll knock on wood. We'll have PG and Kawhi ready from the start no matter what. I'm not saying giving up on this season. Please don't think that's what I'm saying. I think Kawhi can still come back, and I still think that we could end up winning the championship. We could fucking still win the championship if we you know, get this ship together. Kawhi comes back at a good time, whatever. I'm just telling you this right now is that we've been in a lot worse places in our franchise history. And I'm saying this, we have a really special play on our hands with Paul George. He may not be the best player on a championship team, 
But goddamn, man, he's pretty damn good. And he's one of the best players we've ever had. Enjoy him. Like, and, and, you know, go watch him play while it's so cheap if you're a Clipper fan living out here. Seriously. But anyway, let me get back to the, to the, the real stuff here in this game. We cut the gap to, to eight, down by eight at half because of Paul George, because he was being so brilliant. But, and that, but that third quarter to start especially, man, poor again. Nothing offensively. And I really like that Ty Lue kind of benched Eric Bledsoe. He went with a quick leash. Re- Reggie Jackson, man, terrible shots. Just contested threes. You know, we got, we got it within six. You know, we're coming back because Kennard was actually the boost that we needed besides Paul George in that third quarter. You know, I thought our defense was actually pretty decent. Damian Lillard still had a bounce back game, you know, 25 points. He was due for a good game. He's had a slump, 9 of 17, 5 of 7 from 3. But we contained McCollum. I mean, 14 points, 6 of 18, 2 of 7 from 3. You know, Nasir Little, one thing I'll say about the Blazers, though, they shot the three ball well, and they made very timely shots. They only shot 41.8% from the field, but they shot 46% from three. So they shot a better percentage from three than the field. And I think that's why they were able to really maintain a lead. But I think that in that third quarter, I think Kennard really gave us that spark. He started moving off the ball and hitting threes. And Kennard, honestly, has probably been our second best player this season. I think Nick Batum also not hitting shots has really hurt us. He's not looked fully 100% this season. And I really hope it's not some sort of sophomore slump with him as his second year as a Clipper. Like, all out of nowhere, he just gassed, and now he just can't do anything anymore. I don't think that's the case. I think Nico will come good, and I still think his intangibles are important. And I think that when Marcus Morris Sr. comes back, it's going to take a little bit more pressure off of him too. But Reggie Jackson, we need more. We need absolutely more. Nick Batum, 1 of 6 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. Reggie Jackson, 2 of 8 from 3, 3 of 4 from the field. So he's only shooting four twos. And one of them was actually in that when we were coming back. And got the game within four. He got to the basket. And then he, another time he got to the rim and kicked it out. And I don't remember exactly who made the three. I think it was Kennard. Because Terrence Mann wasn't able to really uh, hit a three. I, actually, no, he did hit a three. I think that may have been the one. But it was from dribble penetration. And I think Reggie Jackson needs to continue to do that. And, you know, Dame, Dame did get going in that fourth quarter. But I think that when we got it down to four, it was another case of Reggie Jackson taking like a step back three, just a bad shot. And a lot of these shots are just early in the shot clock. And I just think that we are really 2-3 reliant right now, man. And I know sometimes Kennard is a good shooter. Paul George is a good shooter. We'll get a good three-point look within the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. But I think that when we are missing threes, like we were tonight, and consecutively, like we've just come down and missed two threes, maybe it's not good to take the first three-pointer, first open shot that you can get in the shot clock. Maybe it's better to wait and get a better shot closer to the basket. Like, I just think that it's just a lot of wasted bad possessions right now by the Clippers and Reggie Jackson, time and place. That's to me, again, I'm going to say it over and over. That's what makes the best players. Recognizing the time and place. What have you just done? The game flow. How the game is going. What did you just do the last couple plays? If it's not working, let's do something different this play. And how am I going to execute that? That's, to me, what separates the greats, the good, the whatever. The, that's what really is the key eye test for me. And right now, I think Reggie Jackson has really poor judgment. And Paul George still tried. He huffed and puffed and really played amazing. 41 
points. He ran out of gas at the end, started turning the ball over just a little bit, but 42 points. And by the way, in the beginning of the third quarter, Paul was turning the ball over, making some ridiculous ones, just like throwing it up the floor when Bledsoe wasn't looking. Just terrible. I just think the Clips, they got to switch up that starting lineup a bit. I love Eric, but he's got to come to the bench. Got to get Terrence in there. Um, and hopefully we get Mook back. And, you know, I really think Serge Ibaka is really going to help when he comes back. Just having a floor-spacing pick-and-pop man. We do not have a pick-and-pop big right now. Only pick-and-roll. And I think right now the small, small pick-and-rolls with Terrence doing the short rolls and all that stuff, I think that our shooters are not delivering right now on those. And I think that the players are switching a lot on those type of matchups because they know that other than Paul George, our off-the-dribble game right now when the refs are calling it Again, more 2010s, early 2010s-y, more physical on the perimeter. Paul George is the only guy that can really consistently get a shot off the dribble in those rules. Reggie Jackson may have done it in the modern NBA, quote-unquote modern, uh, last five years, which anybody can score and get off to an extent if you have a jumper and a decent handle. But it's harder now. So the Clippers fall. We can't fully make the – we couldn't fully make up the ground. It's our offense, man. 111-92, 111-92, the Blazers beat us to move on to 3-2. They're 3-1 at home. They've beaten all playoff teams for last year at home. The Clippers, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Phoenix Suns. The Clippers have now lost to the Blazers. We have lost to the Grizzlies, the Warriors, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Paul George, absolutely having a great season, but everywhere else, you know, Kennard, our second-best player tonight, 16 points, 6 of 15, 4 of 11 from 3. Still too many threes for my liking. A couple of them a little too quick when we had just missed threes. Even though I like Kennard shooting the ball, and that's a pretty good percentage. Still, time and place. I watched the game. I'm still not a fan of it. I'm still not a fan of this three-point chucking bullshit. And Tyron Lue needs to be smarter as a coach with a couple of things. Ty's, I got his back. He took us to the conference finals. He's a champion. Great coach. One of the best in the league and one of the best adjustment uh, makers in the league. But we need Bledsoe to go back to the bench just like he was for Lob City. And we need to stop fucking settling for so many threes. Especially Reggie Jackson off the dribble. I've had it, man. It's really hard to watch. And it's part of the reason why I wasn't excited for this NBA season. Because I knew this season was going to be tougher than last season for the Clippers. And league-wide, even though the product has gotten more fun to watch because of the rules being more like when I was a kid. Which I enjoy. Trust. The style of play is still ridiculous. It's all perimeter-oriented. Nobody has inside game except for a select few players. And my team really lacks this. And my team struggles from this and getting easy baskets. And we are struggling immensely right now. Clipper fans, it's going to be a grind. I don't know what to tell you except for we need Reggie Jackson to go back to this. We need to make adjustments. Our energy level and heart, I think, was actually pretty decent. I think that we're just stupid right now as a team. And I think that Kawhi Leonard, you know, I think that playing a whole season with Reggie Jackson getting third man looks or having a superstar duo with Paul George and Kawhi where everyone's game planning for them and he's able to gain a ton of confidence getting open looks from them to the point where he then has the confidence to make star level shots in the playoffs when a Kawhi goes down is a different situation from him being the guy that people are saying look if I'm another team Paul George gonna get his 30 let's not let the other guys beat us who was a guy that beat teams that people didn't expect last year in the playoffs more than you know more than they game plan for Reggie Jackson and right now they're putting really solid defenders on Reggie people know what he brings to the table and people know that outside of Paul George he's probably our most reliable option to score and Eric Bledsoe obviously when he's not hitting shots any jumpers of like today he gets to the point where 
teams are just, you know, sagging off him and reading passes, and he becomes a liability out there offensively. And right now, our backcourt has just been poor as can be. And if they do not step it up, we are going to be in deep trouble this season. Even with Paul George scoring 30-plus, we play in a conference in which you are playing a star or two maybe every single night. And it is going to be a grind. Luke Kennard's going to be great. I think he will be fantastic. Need more from Terrence. Can Coach Lou give him confidence? One thing to look forward to, though, Senior and Ibaka coming back. And another thing to look forward to, Oklahoma City next. We need to win that. That's at home. I will be there. Game floor vlog. I will be there. You bet your ass I'll be there. We got to win it. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers. Thanks for joining me. Lakers getting a win against the Cavaliers. Unfortunately, guys, I was not able to catch that game. I did see the stat lines, though. It looked pretty balanced. AD still not great, but the Lakers did win. Carmelo Anthony, second game that the Lakers have won this season where he played big. And Westbrook and LeBron's lines look pretty decent. So good win for the Lakers. And the Cavs have been playing great basketball. So you have to give the Lakers some credit, even though I didn't see the game. They move on to 3-3, three and three, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Or is it 3-2? Three and 3-3 two? Three and three for the Lakers. So, yeah, good win. And I don't think I'll be... I'm not going to be going live tomorrow because there's no LA team playing, so... My next, my next video will likely be on Sunday, but remember, I am going out of town on Wednesday for my graduation, but a video will be coming for that, and hopefully I'll have Coach Steve's episode out over the course of that week and or a Time Machine episode number four, Pistol Pete Maravich's NBA debut and Oscar Robertson's first game as a buck. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers. 30 people in the chat tonight for a 12.47 a.m. local time live 3 a.m., 3.47 a.m. Eastern Time, and who knows where else you may be watching around the globe. Super Chats are turned on. If you want to drop a dollar a dime, I'm guessing it's because you guys are here because the Clippers lost. Anyway, peace.